Coming up this week, Disneyland finally moves to alleviate congestion in Adventureland. Universal Studios Hollywood says goodbye, Shrek, hello, Poe. And we finally talk about our experience at the Tomorrowland Skyline Lounge. Plus, later, we break all the rules and share our favorite things about Walt Disney World. All that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode 681, for the week of June 11th, 2017. The Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friends, Nancy Johnson. Hey! Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. <laughs> Mary Jo Malata Willie. Hello. And Tony Spatel. Hello. And I went in a different order and confused you all. I apologize. Um, That's okay. My mouth was open to say hello, and I went, ah, not yet. I went boy, girl, boy, girl this time. Or girl, I like that girl, better. girl, boy, girl, boy. Whatever. Um, how is everyone doing? Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. My, Michael's a little under the weather, but I think I think he'll make <laughs> it through. Um, it doesn't stop him from being any less less witty, though. No, not at all. <laughs> um, okay, so you know how, like, on on Facebook, it will tell you what happened, you know, what what you've posted so many years ago. So, Facebook today reminded me that it's the weekend, the anniversary of World of Color, which began seven years ago. But more more importantly, yesterday was the seventh anniversary of me almost meeting John Stamos. Wow! Was that when you tried to climb the wall of his compound to see the big D in his backyard? No, that was later on. <laughs> so it was later on. That pop up on Facebook? Yes, it will. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh man! Uh, let's see. Let's talk about. Uh, first, I want to thank um, our our subs last week for sitting in. Um, Speaking of, Luella, uh, who was on the show, helped us out and went and took a look at the new Big Thunder Trail. Have you guys seen the pictures of that? Yes. It, it is nice. finally open. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks nicely themed. Yeah. And, and the congestion it's going to, or the, the, the traffic is pattern is going to be much easier to get from Fantasyland to Frontierland, which is kind of, which is good. Also, I think there's, they're finally testing, um, the big boats on the rivers of America. And I hear that, um, maybe in a week or so, Tom Sawyer Island might be back open again. And, and oh, wow. Yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah. Of course. Now they've done nothing different, like to the caves and I don't, I think it's that. more the, more the North end that got, that got the construction. It was the Ford end. Yeah. The Ford end. Yeah. <coughs> or the burning house end. Yeah. The burning yeah, house. Yeah. The burning that got rebuilt. Yeah. yeah. That's gone. Yeah, they have a, a more modern one now, yes, I guess. Yes, yes. You can actually live in this one, I think, is what I heard. Yeah, that's what they were saying. That's <laughs> funny. I bet that'll be some sort of dream package exclusive. Right. Live on yes. the island overnight. With John Stamos. <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his big D. <laughs> 
Um, I can see him carting that around. I need to bring my with <laughs> Obviously, he'd have, have to cart it around everywhere he goes. Yes, exactly. Mm. It's, it's a It's quite a chore. Um, <laughs> before we go on any further, I want to Lordy say people. hello to our friends. <laughs> and you know we could. <laughs> hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to join us every Sunday evening, head over to Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. Listen live starting around 7 p.m. Pacific every Sunday. Also got to mention the rest of our Diz Unplugged family of podcasts, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show every Monday, the Orlando edition live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, best and the worst of Walt Disney World on Wednesdays, uh, the Universal edition of the Diz Unplugged on Thursdays, and, of course, Diz Pop on Friday. Um, I'm guessing we might get a review of Cars 3 next weekend, hopefully from Dispop. We'll see. And then, of course, every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, The Daily Fix, your quick look at the day's Disney news. Um, before we talk about other, a couple other things that I have, any other housekeeping? I've got some. Okay, go ahead, Marjorie. I'll, I'll try to make it fit. Since I... Um wasn't on last week. I just wanted to give a couple of sh- quick shout outs. Hmm? One to Annette for finding my driver's license and hunting <laughs> me down to give it, Yay! Give it back to me. Dear Thank Lord, you, how, how often do you lose that stuff, Mary Jo? <laughs> right there, like, yeah, you lost <laughs> like, it at Disneyland. Oh my God, you don't even yeah. know the half of it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lose stuff all the time. It's true, but thank, thank, thank goodness. Um, I think her husband found it by test track and she said, I know her and, and she, <laughs> it's she the found Mary me. Yeah. So, um, and, and they actually brought it to the resort for me since I didn't have any real transportation myself. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate it though. Nancy did take me to the, uh, to the main building. So thank you. And then a- um, <laughs> say that again. It was a hike. Yeah, it was a hike. And then a uh, shout out to Patrice. She's a dreams agent for Disneyland. And I was really excited to meet her. Um, she lives, I, I didn't know they had a new agent for Disneyland. She lives locally and she's been an agent for a little while now, but this is the first time I had the opportunity to meet her. Oh, wow. So I wish I could have met yeah, her. Yeah, I was really excited. Pardon me? She's a hoot and a half. Yeah, oh, I was... thought you said she was a foot and a half. No. <laughs> I thought, wow. No, She's like little, a little Darby yeah. O'Gill person. <laughs> even even <laughs> Mary, even Mary Jo's taller than that. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, we we uh, spent some time with her and, and her boyfriend at um, the Illuminate, private illuminations party and on some of their tracks. We just had so much fun with them. So I was... Uh, She's she's very enthusiastic, and she knows Disneyland. So I Great. like I said, yeah, really really cool to meet her. So thanks to Beth for introducing us. Um, and then some quick housekeeping. Michael will be happy to hear this. They have another AP popcorn bucket. Oh. Um, this one is for Summer of Heroes. Uh, so they're they're done with the Ma- Main Street Electrical Parade. Now it's is Summer it sold of Heroes. Out? Um. I well, with they're they're selling them in stages, right? They go uh, well, from this date no, to this date. Oh, okay, because Summer Heroes is over at California Adventure. Well, they, they okay, won't sell, so they won't sell that one at Disneyland. You're right. You're right. I don't know which. You know what? I maybe it is uh, still Main Street Local Parade. So I I retract that, and I, I'll just say California Adventure has is sev- selling the Summer of Heroes 
popcorn buckets. So I thought of Michael, and so I had to mm-hmm. announce that one. Thank you. And then, um, <laughs> uh, only really a quick- slight bit of tar- sarcasm in that, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> can't have enough popcorn. I know, buckets. I know, right? Um, and then, did you guys already talk about the Grand California Hotel having a different color hotel key? Um, no, I don't think we have. Okay, so this is just to let everybody know that Grand California Hotel now has a different color hotel key. It's blue, I believe, and that's to differentiate between that and the other hotels so that only Grand California guests can enter in through their exclusive Grand California, um, excuse me, Ah. California Adventure theme park. So that's their... um, Well, that's special. I'm surprised it's taken this long. I think it's about time. Yeah. I think if somebody's going to be staying there at the hotel, they shouldn't have to um, wait. And, you know, you have one, um, what do you call that? Security mm-hmm. check you have to go through. Yeah. And the line backs up as it is. They don't need other people going there. So um, that's, of course, in the morning coming back. Anybody can come through there to yeah. go into the hotel. Yeah. But, uh, but that, also, that, in mind. They also limit, that also limits people. They're also limiting people coming in from the street. The oh, they're back to that again. Yeah, no, still no. That it's never. It hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, well, I've I've managed to scoot around okay. them. Is it is the twelve yeah, o'clock rule still in place, or is that? <laughs> it's, Say that it's, again, Nancy. Is, is the twelve o'clock rule still in place? It's something like it that. Would be my question. Where you can, anybody can enter after twelve o'clock. It's just exclusive to guests until twelve o'clock noon. I'm sure that's probably flexible and not in not written in stone. Right. But that makes it inter- it's interesting now that you know they're cutting off the Disneyland hotel guests cuz that was supposed to be a perk for them too. I think it was a uh, not really an official perk. They were just being allowed to take advantage of it, but now that security as yeah. as well you know cuz you tell well, yeah, since team. security's changed. Yeah. That's a whole nother ball game. Exactly. And well, I so, mean, and in the morning, the Disneyland hotel guests have their own security line there next to ESPN Zone. So, right. And somebody on the Discords was talking about that. They were there this weekend. They said that they never had more than one or two people in front of them. They said it was wonderful. Cool. So, and then what do people do at the at the the forgotten Disney hotel? They, they have the they have a hike. Yes. Because they have okay. to walk all the way down to the ESPN Zone entrance as well. Wow. Yeah. They're not allowed to go through the ground. That That's lousy for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, for. I, don't, I don't think it's um, enough for them to have a shuttle. Mm-mm. You know, a lot, of, a lot of them, they ask, but there's no real thoroughfare where they could they could do a shuttle for the, for those guests. How, so. about a, how about a gondola? <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> a people mover. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know, it'd be it'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I, I like all of those options. Mm-hmm. Um, Rickshaw. And then the, yes. Rickshaw. <laughs> Ooh, Tony's getting fancy. <laughs> that's that's a fun one. Um, the last one that I have is that there's a new gift Disney gift card design. And for those of you who like uh, or love the Mickey bars, this has a Mickey bar on it, and they're touting that it can only um, be purchased or used 
purchased at the park. So they're asking that you load it with only fifteen dollars, hmm. and then you can use it anywhere. So for those of uh, you who like uh, your is kind this, of uh, stand out gift cards. Uh, you know what? That'd be pretty cool. It's got a bite out of it, though. Oh, man. But it, it kind of reminds me of the ones that we get for food and wine that we can mm-hmm. put around our wrists. Yeah. You know, you put $15 on it. And then, like, I, st- I use mine and I just reload them. Yeah. So um, I think yeah. this is the same type of thing for people who, who like this style. They can uh, reload it and use it wherever. Very cool. Any other housekeeping? Crickets. All right. Um, okay. So we talked about Summer of Heroes last week and I totally flaked because I went out of order on my list. And you know what happens when I go out of order? I miss something. Um, I neglected to talk about the Avengers training initiative. <laughs> so this is on the main stage in Hollywood land. Um, not the temporary stage that they had for, for Mad Tea Party. That's gone now, but these, this actual built stage across the way from that. That has like I don't know what a dozen benches or something in front of it. So mm-hmm. where the high schools perform at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not the temporary one. The actual the um, permanent stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of like a Jedi Training Academy, only with the Avengers. But it's actually a little bit more than that. I think. Um, again, kids have to sign up for this. If they want to participate, um, and you sign up, the, the when I was there, the signups were over by um, stage seventeen. They had a they had a little booth over there, and they also saved a few benches in the front, so one parent will had will have who's staying with the kid until it's time to go on stage will have a seat in the front. Um, and so this is a cool show. It has a couple couple non-named performers but then it also has um black widow and hawkeye in it yay and and they teach kids uh like four different moves that are themed to the avengers so it's like you know hold your hand up like um or you know pretend you're throwing the the captain america's shield and then hold your hand up like uh Iron Man and, you know, do this like the Hulk and, you know, instead of the, the, you know, hit, hit your, hit, hit your shoulder, hit the knee, hit the, you know, the, of the, of the, the Jedi training. So they practice like these four moves in a row to, uh, to be, uh, to be an Avenger. So that, but that's just part of it. So they do that and then they have to, um, defeat something or, you know, they, you know, they, they, they go through that, but then there's a second piece of it where they're building a puzzle. And so each of them has to find a colored crystal to go in this puzzle. So it's not just the physical stuff that's mental as well. So then they build this, this, um, some, it's got some kind of electrical wiring or something. And say so they do that. Um, and once they finish that, then, they do another physical thing where they're, where they bring out, um, Captain America's shields for all of them and they have to throw the shields at the villain or, you know, this, the, the enemy. And so it's like three different things these kids are doing. So it's a lot of interactivity. Um, some cool stunts. Uh, and it, it seemed like the kids liked it. And then at the end, they took a big picture with, with 
with um Black Widow and and Hawkeye and the rest of and you know, the whole group and stuff. So it was kind of cool. Somebody on the Dis boards on the Disneyland boards, their kids did it this weekend, and they, mm-hmm. I think they did it twice. They liked it so much. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it, and it's, the, it's, the it, parent wasn't too thrilled, but the kids really mm-hmm. liked it. And it's a nice change of pace from Jedi training. I think so. Yeah. Um, how many how many children can go up there oh, at a time? Uh, do you think? They had four groups going, and each group probably had half a dozen, so maybe 25, 25, 30. Okay. And then age group? Uh, that's a good question. Let me see if I can find my picture. Because it was un- it was like 12 and under or 13 and under or something like that. So let me see if I can find okay. my picture. <laughs> or if it's the same same as the um, Jedi. No, I, th- I think people were saying that it's, that it's different. Uh, Dina in the chat room says 6 to 12. Thanks, so, Dina. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where my where my pictures are of that, but um, so it was fun. <laughs> All right, Mary Jo, do you want to talk for a f- couple minutes about the Tomorrowland Skyline Lounge? Sure. Okay, so Mary Jo and I, <laughs> f- <laughs> you're finally talking about this. Uh, it's talk uh, experienced the opening night of the Tomorrowland's tomorrow. Oh God. Tomorrowland Skyline Lounge. Um, again, this is on the second floor above the launch bay on the balcony. Uh, this is $45. And this is just a lounge experience. No fireworks are included and or promised. Uh, you do receive treats and you receive an, uh, beverages. Ooh. Is this a buffet kind of treat? No, it is a boxed. It's a boxed, um, boxed sweet treats, and uh, the beverages are somewhat unlimited. But it's sodas and coffee and hot chocolate. What's, what is somewhat unlimited? You can go back and get more. They you are limited by the soda. Oh, unlimited by how much is left in the pot? Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. Well, they had enough carafes, though. I, we didn't. We didn't run out, and they had no. plenty of soda. I think they would have gone in the back and yeah. got some more if uh, we if we wanted mm. some. But the sodas they give you are the smaller. What Little, is it? Six ounce? Yeah, something like that. It's like a half a can. Right, but they're the slender ones, so mm-hmm. it looks bigger. Yeah. So, so you get that, but then you can go back and get more. Yeah, they they start, which I think is a smart <laughs> idea, so that people, you know, people will drink a. Get a can of soda and they don't finish it right. and they especially, toss it. Especially so this kids, way, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I like that. If you want the full story, head over to YouTube, uh, the Diz Unplugged on YouTube, and we have a full like twenty minutes review of this thing. But um, okay, I just want you to know, I did the uh, Tomorrowland, the fireworks dessert party with Plaza Garden Viewing mm-hmm. when we were out at Walt Disney World. Yeah, it was fifty nine dollars per okay. adult. And we got unlimited desserts, mm-hmm. unlimited beverages, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was a buffet. Were, and... were you allowed to play Jenga, though? No, no. See, we we did okay. not play okay. Jenga. No. And we got the fireworks show and the and then the post. Um, they have their little Once Upon a Time um, <laughs> castle you know, um, projection show that comes after the fireworks show okay. happily. If, and after. you could see that from where you were at. Oh, because we were escorted to our own private viewing area on the plaza. So fancy. I know. 
So what kind of desserts do you have? Oh gosh, they were um, they they were they had um, chocolate dipped strawberries. They had all kinds of these little Disney character themed desserts, like this little Oreo cookie with the gray stuff on it, or, or, or it was something with or a little brownie or something. I don't know with gray stuff on it, and then two little Oreo cookies as mouse ears, uh, macarons, all different kinds. Um, just a lot of little typical Disney desserts. This this um, sort of parfait that was raspberry and chocolate, um, a variety of different things. Oh, little cheesecakes. Then they had ice cream. And then um, for children, they had create your own cookie where they had a, a chocolate chip or I actually just took the cookie, but they had chocolate chip or sugar cookies. And then you they had all these variety of toppings that children could take and then, um, you know, decorate their cookie with and eat it. And then they had sparkling cider, hot chocolate, variety of lemonades, coffee, tea, ice water, and all that, and these enormous containers that you could just get yourself. Sparkling cider came in. in, um, (laughs) No, no no ding-dongs. So Disneyland kind of went retro with the desserts. Um, Actually, I think we learned that later, but they are all, all four have funny Tomorrowlandish names, but they're all kind of throwbacks of different hostess desserts. So one of them looks like a, a strawberry zinger with the coconut on top. One of them looked is like a little mini ding dong. Uh, there was a, a a sandwich that was like flavored almost like a Twinkie, and then there was a little fruit, a little cherry fruit pie. Um, there was also a nice um, amount of this cheese, and I've forgotten what what was the flavors in the cheese. It the was cheese pimento, bread had, um, and, yes. Ooh. Yeah. Not, it wasn't pimento, it was more like cream cheese, but it had pimentos in it. Um, and you got a few crackers with that, and then you got a little group, a little bunch of grapes. Um, but they're trying to sell this as like an exclusive lounge where you can go to, to escape. Oh, you're right. Zingers are Dolly Madison, but, but, yes, uh, are. hostess bought Dolly the Madison. The poor man's hostess. Yeah. I think hostess bought Dolly <laughs> Madison. Uh, Dolly I Madison always like Dolly Madison better. Agree. Really? I'm looking that up. Okay, look that up. Uh, Dolly, Dolly Madison doesn't exist anymore. Uh, no, they don't. But the, no. but this and it was what two hours, Mary Jo? It was from eight p.m. to ten p.m. Yeah, two hours. You had exclusive. You could come and go as you please. <laughs> um, Which I, st- uh, other than the the fact that coming and going. So that you can go to the restroom and come back. Right. There's yeah, but otherwise it's not like you're gonna go and then have your treats and then go on an attraction and then come back and chill some more. Um, no. <laughs> this just sounds like a ripoff. I mean, I'm sorry. I this... I it's it's way overpriced for what it is. Don't you agree? Well, with- and what what is it? I mean, seriously. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's supposed to be like having your own cabana or, you know, something like that where you have a, a place to go and in the evening at, in Tomorrowland, you get a little, a little snack, you get some uh, hot beverage. Help me sell this. I, I really, help me sell this. I really, marriage, well, I, I, I can't really help you sell it. <laughs> I can help explain it. Okay. okay, okay. Because I mean, I'm glad when that Mary we did it. So Joe we we know help we... sell something. I know, you know there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I, I love Disney experiences, but 
um, there were a couple of guys in front of us and, and we asked them, you know, what, what enticed you to come and they're annual pass holders and they wanted to check it out. I cannot see the repeatability factor in this. Mm-mm. Um, even, even if you're on a date and I guess if somebody wanted to, to, who goes to Disneyland all the time and they want to do something that not everybody does because they don't want to spend the $45, then it might be something. And only if they had the fireworks on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I did like the Mickey and Minnie interaction. That was really cute. Oh, yeah, cute. We, did, we didn't have to talk about can... that yet. But, yeah, you do get exclusive almost uh, access to Mickey and Minnie. Ooh. You, yeah. you, you really could have as much time as you wanted yeah. to. They were really cute. But you could see them on Main Street. You could see them in their houses. You can see them, you know. So um, we we almost had a double Mickey sighting. Tom pointed that oh, out. Oh, yes. Because um, electrical, <laughs> no. par- electrical parade was going on at the same time. And you could just barely get a glimpse of the electrical parade from where we were. But oh, we that's just not good. Characters. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was, you know, for, for those who, who know the rules, it was... Uh, it was something, but you know, uh, somebody else had said that they wanted to have a bridal party mm-hmm. there. Now, if somebody wanted to foot the bill and have a bridal party at a place like that, um, where they overlook that's kind of a cool venue for that, but only if everybody had annual passes already and you weren't paying for their entrance to Disneyland, because yeah. I cannot see paying to go into Disneyland and then paying an additional $45 to be stuck up on a second level of interventions. Um, Playing Jenga. Yeah. Playing Jenga. Well, Tom and I, he doesn't want to talk about it too much, but we we (laughs) did play Connect. I'll I'll let it go, Tom. Mm -hmm. I won't won't go into detail. It was a little dark. (laughs) It was hard hard to tell the difference between Mickey and Donald on that. Okay. Um, All right. Any... (laughs) Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway, if you want yeah, more this- more about this, see the pictures. Head over to head over to YouTube. And I don't think I've heard. You know, as as opposed to Guardians of the Galaxy, where even the naysayers, um, I, I think it's pretty much like ninety nine percent of the people who've gone in the attraction are not sorry that it's come to Tower to California right. Adventure. I haven't heard any positive endorsements for mm. the uh, Tomorrowland Terrace Lounge right. experience. And, right? and, and I think like, like 50% of the people that night were like bloggers and things like that. So. Yeah. Okay, did they, you, did you, they you have chargers? Blog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did, Nancy. They yeah, they, ha- they, br- they will bring a, a cell phone charger to your table. Ooh. Yes. That's nice. And, so, a, and, a, blanket, yes, and a blanket if you ask. That was really nice because it was kind of chilly. They they had blankets that they were very um, careful when they lent them to <laughs> us, and and they took names down. So Tom was telling me, "You better make sure they get that blanket back because this reservation was under his name." So, so or they took his name when I got the blanket. But um, are the blankets wrapped up in a nice shrink wrapped container? Because no, if not, so I, I think just, I might forego the na- I might forgo the blankets. It was our first just night. Well, okay. I, it was the first night, so we got it they, they were fresh then. Does it is there a little I, paper band around it that says sanitize? There better be. Or here come no. <laughs> no, I just it was blanket number fourteen. They, they, it was they, brand new, but yeah. they probably used the same machine that they cleaned the three D glasses with to clean the blankets. <laughs> you know what would be nice for that price? They could actually give you a blanket. Yeah, right. 
Take yeah, home. Really, with really. I'm sure. The, I'm sure the blankets didn't cost them that much. So yeah, they probably could have still made a profit. I was gonna say, considering the thinness of the ten dollar airline blankets, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's kind of what this was. And, and yeah. just to okay, so they had these, and you'll see in the video, they had a uh, the setup was either like a like low like couches with little low coffee tables or end tables. Those were set up with the games and the little planters that were really the chargers. That either had a micro USB or a um, lightning, so depending on an iPhone or, or Android. But Tom and I sat at the high top tables, which were kind of cool because they were they glowed. They were like a, a acrylic tabletops, and they glowed different colors if you were lucky, or one color if you weren't like us. <laughs> and we had to ask for the for the uh, the charger, the little planter charger. And everybody was very attentive. It was a very nice experience. I just don't see it as worth the. No. I think when you and I were talking, Tom, I said it was worth maybe twenty dollars. Yeah, I, I said twenty five with, but only if you get the annual pass holder discount. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Any other housekeeping? All right, good. Over to Tony with the news. Changes are coming to Disneyland's Adventureland to alleviate congestion. A report is out that, and the Diz has confirmed, that changes will be coming soon to Adventureland and Disneyland Park. The area has long been a bottleneck, and with an updated Phantasmic on the way, it appears that now is the time to finally do something about it. Tom, I think, finally should have been in all caps. But I know, right? Yes. Yeah. There will be quite a bit of shuffling going on as well, but it should benefit guests when it's done. First, the Indiana Jones Adventure Outpost and South Seas Traders will be closing. Select merchandise from those stores will be incorporated into the Adventureland Bazaar. The outside bar and seating area for Bengal Barbecue will also go away, and a new indoor seating area will be built where the Indy Outpost once sat. That's exciting. Across the way, Tropical Imports will be moving over to the South Seas Traders location, and the old Tropical Imports space will become stroller parking. All of these moves are expected to happen before the new Fantasmic show premieres later this summer. Comments? Huh. Question. Okay, for me, the big the big abu in the room is <laughs> Aladdin's Oasis. That thing is just yeah. sitting there. It's out of theme with the rest of the land. It serves no useful purpose. Why isn't that being reopened as a counter service. I know it'll never be a show again, but, or something in order to um, help deal with crowds. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like the people mover track. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just sitting there and it's an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, but so, somebody was bringing up that they were also going to remove some of the planters in the walkways. Um, there was concern that some of the trees might go away as well, so we're going to have to keep an eye on that because some of those are probably original to the park. Michael, oh, do you know? Yeah, and the ones they in, might be. I'm not okay. that. I'm not okay. sure. Okay, but it wouldn't surprise me if they removed those. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The the I mean the big bottleneck the the only bottleneck that will remain is the entrance to the Tarzan's treehouse. Yes, that's still going to be trouble there. I think. Do you think this is also in anticipation of the crowds they expect for Fantasmic 2.0? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
I have. I just read a rumor that Fantasmic might be coming back by July fourteenth. Hmm, nah. Which is D twenty three. Uh, yeah. I've heard end of July now. Okay. For, for the railroad and Fantasmic, what have you heard, Michael? Uh, well, that's I'm hearing that too. I mean, I know they were desperately hoping for July seventeenth. Right. Yeah. But that, I think that's slipping away from them. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Is it still the problem with the, the mapping of the, the image mapping or whatever you call it? Uh, I think that's part of it. And yeah. there's still, um, I think there's still some details that they have to do around, uh, you know, th there's still planting that has to be done. There's a lot of other little details mm -hmm. that has to be done, too. Yeah. But I know they're, they've been doing rehearsals for quite a while, mm -hmm. you know, for Fantasmic. Yeah. So yeah. they're well on their way there. I hope they work out. Um, I'm I'm happy that they're going to have some in, indoor seating or some better seating for Bengal barbecue. Yes, if that works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that place. I'm glad it's not going away. Mm -hmm. um, some reports I see said that both CLC Traders and the Indiana Jones Outpost will be seating, and the Trumple Imports will be somewhere else nearby. But yeah, we'll we'll just <laughs> see how it plays out. Um, and actually, that's supposed to start happening this week. Uh, those two stores close tomorrow, so. Man, that's um, quick. It's going to be quick. But also, there's, it's not like they're building a new kitchen. I mean, they can just pull the product out, build a wall, throw in some tables, and you almost have the seating area done. Then it's just a matter of doing the demolition on the outside part. And a lot of it is just the tables that you got to get rid of. So now if they're truly taking out that bar, the you know the 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 bar area then that's going to be a little more work but I don't think it's going to take them that long to get it done in Disney time <laughs> that's just my guess mm -hmm. yeah I don't think it's going to take long for them to yeah, do that because they don't have to run I, I, there's no running water going to tropical imports so it's not like they have to have running water for that but Tom Bell, yeah. independent. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, no, he's a contractor, don't, obviously. Don't, You're talking about don't, don't quote me. Water running and yeah. well, it's not like it's a. They don't cook things at Tropical Imports. It's just the the it's just right. things in ice buckets. Yeah, I, and all I, that ice is brought in. Yeah, I've wondered, and this is more a sociological question. Mm -hmm. When you look at the even from my day and early and back in my day and the early well. When you look at the photos of Disneyland uh -huh. in the early days, which actually is my day, <laughs> you really didn't see strollers. I don't understand this thing with strollers. Why are there so many strollers? I mean, Pe didn't people, people bring are, young people. children to Disneyland in, in yeah. my day? I, I don't understand it. But but the kids walked more in, in, in those days. Mm. Than, and the, than and the, they yes. do now. And the strollers were also a third of the size. Yeah, correct. But but look at those. Look, you know, I look at a lot of old photos. I don't see strollers. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. No, so children were expected I, I to walk and hold their parents' hands, and and all that stuff. I mean, in the sixties, when I was a, when I was little, I remember going on vacation with my grandparents and. We never took a stroller. I was never yeah. stroller. There, there's no photos of me or my siblings in strollers. Yeah. Now, there's plenty of photos of me as a one and a half, two year old hanging onto my mother's it's, skirts, which I of course skirts were a lot longer in those days. Granted, <laughs> but um, 
I think part mm-hmm. of it is the contain the um, social sociological mindset of containment of your children, and we haul more crap than our than our parents hauled for us. True. You know, we didn't have to take all these things to coddle our kids with, and I was just as guilty, you know, of pushing a double stroller around <laughs> Disneyland like everyone else. But, I need a triple one, and I only have one kid, so. It's for all my stuff, my big sodas and pizzas and things. Yeah, now it's a way for us to strap our kids in and move them around so that we don't have to worry about holding them by the hand and making sure they don't run away and this and that and the other thing. I'm going to play devil's advocate. There are a lot more kids that... No, I agree with both of you to be perfectly honest, but I don't, let's try it. Let's, I want to look at it from another perspective because I totally agree with Michael and you both that kids just had to walk and deal with it. Like I know when I took Andrew, when he was little to Disney world, it wasn't until he was old enough to not need a stroller. That was our choice. And that's what we're going to wait as well. Yeah. But part of, um, it could be. I'm just throwing, of course, I'm going to throw it at the, the money. If I'm spending this much money, I want to make sure that I can get on everything and I want to make sure my kid is in the stroller so I can go on all the rides. I'm not, I'm just, just throwing that out there. Not saying it's a valid reason. Just so you can get from place to place. Let's specify that. Faster. Yeah. So, you so can I can get, get on more rides. I do feel though, because it's being at Disney World, this, I am in a hundred percent agreement with both of you. The amount of strollers is out of control. I feel like there's more people in wheels or on wheels or pushing wheels than aren't. Yeah. And the stroller parking itself takes up a lot of space. I know people need them. I'm totally for that. I'm just saying I'm kind of agreeing with what Michael said. It used to not be that way. Also, and and if you remember back when we were kids and they didn't really have too many strollers is, you know, we didn't. You didn't go on all the attractions that you do now. You'd get a, a book that had so many, so many attractions on it. Mm-hmm. So many and you and you and you picked which ones you were gonna go on. It was and more about the experience if, of being it there. was more about the experience, right? And the, when the, we didn't go back and forth to get fast passes, we would go to Adventureland, um, and we would go clockwise around Disneyland. That's yep. how we always did it, because the Adventureland and Frontierland would close at dusk, whereas Tomorrowland would be open all night. And we didn't hop from mountain to mountain and rush across the park like people do do today. So it's a little bit more frenetic, I think, in that people ha- try to do everything to get their money's worth, which is a different way of touring than when we were, than when my family would come out from Texas and we would go to the park. That's a really good point, Mary Jo. And now that I think about it, there was also um, less... I mean, I lost my train of thought because I made a joke of Mixler. Um, no, but that's a really good point that people didn't – you just went on fewer – oh, the lines aren't as, weren't as long as they are now. That's I could have used the stroller at the Walt Disney World Toy Story line that I didn't have a fast pass for, and I'm used to like, okay, come on. like I'm get, But so part of it I think is also societal and that kids get bored easier because we all have access to everything, and I got bored too. <laughs> But I wonder if part of it's that as well. I think we all have whoever, whichever one of us wants the PhD. I think this is our dissertation. Okay, here's here's something else to throw at you then. Um, 
there were no such things as annual passes. Mm-hmm. Right. And going to Disneyland was a treat. That's it was true. a savings. It was a reward. It was not uh we have we as a society have taken a lot of these activities and made them commonplace. And weekly or monthly or daily for some people. And I mean, I was just having this fight with my kid with my oldest the other day. It is, you know, they keep asking to go do things, yet they aren't taking time to do the mandatory items around the house that would be what we would have normally done to earn the rewards. You know, we are a society today that says, let's get up and play right away and put off the important things till later. And sometimes later never comes. True. We are very much of the let's live our life big and large and, you know, we don't do anything in moderation anymore as a society. All right. I think we've solved enough of the world's problems. Uh, That was the deepest conversation we've ever had. All right. I know. What else is in the news, Tony? Well, the horses are moving. Disneyland's Ooh. horses have a new place to roam. As Are they putting them in strollers as they move them? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, kind of. If you think about it, there's like two wheels and it pulls. It's more like a pram. <laughs> yeah, everybody in the chat room is talking about a pram. I have no idea what a pram is. It's sort of like it's a the old-fashioned buggy. baby buggy. Yeah. Oh, that's, okay. That's what my parents had for us. That's and they adorable. Still sell them. I think we need to bring them back. Okay. They still Disney sell them. They're very high end. <laughs> have a new place to roam as stables for the theme park's equine population officially opened in Norco. For those of you that don't know, Norco is east and then a little bit north of Anaheim going on the 91 if you're heading towards Vegas and Riverside and all that. Called the Circle D Ranch, it takes the place of the previous Circle D Ranch that was located backstage at Disneyland. The old site is now under construction as part of the Star Wars Land Project scheduled to open up in 2019. We looked for two years to find a place for our horses, and this location was a perfect fit, said Mikey Trujillo, a Disneyland ambassador, speaking at the ribbon-cutting ceremony recently held at the ranch. Besides the – why is that a giggle? Because they had a ribbon-cutting ceremony? Well, no, because the spokesman is the ambassador and not somebody more important. Sorry. It's in Norco. Do you realize the traffic they'd have to do to get out there? Anyways, besides <laughs> the ceremony complete with Mickey Mouse helping to cut the ribbon, the ranch held an open house to allow residents of Norco to visit the ranch and see the large horses up close. Ooh. The park wanted its new friend, and I know that there's a lot of horses out in Norco, not wild horses. They couldn't yeah, it's, drag it's like me It's like the away. Horse, horse capital of the bump. world or something, right? Real, of the world? Really? Well, that. Southern, Los Angeles, maybe? Southern kind of California? I don't know. They have a subtitle. Um, This new site for Circle D is nearly twice the size of our previous backstage ranch. The five five and a quarter acre property in Orca was previously owned in a trust by this family since the 50s. It was at one time a chicken egg ranch, Nancy, and a Christmas tree farm. (laughs) They were first approached to... Um, by a real estate agent interested in purchasing the property, blah, blah, blah. We led a long discussion. I don't need to get you into everything. But um, <laughs> the horses will normally stay at the ranch, except for their shifts working on Main Street USA, pulling the horse-drawn streetcars or other special events such as parades. When called for, the horses are taken via special trailers to the park where they spend three or four days working. 
When not on stage, the horses will stay in a barn behind the scenes, having a few drinks, smoking a few cigarettes. Usually only four horses at a time are at the theme park. When the horses are done, they are returned to the ranch. Horse Town, USA, Norco, California. You bet. I'm actually, I'm actually a little nervous about them doing that much traveling. I don't know anything about horses and what they can deal handle and everything like that. I'll but, ask um, my daughter about that because she studied um, the thoroughbred horse industry in um, University of Kentucky, Lexington. And she said they'd be fine because well, it, it wouldn't be a problem at all for them. What I nope. like is that they're going to be at Disneyland for, they say, three to four days, right? So three to four days and then three to four days for them to frolic at their, at their yes. um, Circle and, D. And, and the reason three to four days is because they're forcing them to buy a four-day park hopper. Yes. So that they, <laughs> because you can't get more than Actually, five. Actually, they're yes. falling in line with child labor laws in the, in the film industry. And what do they do for day six? Um they go to Circle D. Nice. And they go to Knott's Berry Farm. Farm yes. <laughs> and pull the, pull that stagecoach. <laughs> That's the right. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. I will go first. Oh, this is important news. Fidget spinners are now, now available at oh. the Disneyland Resort. <laughs> you knew uh, that was coming. I know. And actually, I saw that they're at Walt Disney World, too, now as well. Uh, these are light-up spinners, and they are available in black or white, and with either Mickey, Minnie, or Stitch, and they're like the emoji versions of the characters. Cost is eleven ninety nine. <coughs> they are not widespread around the resort, so you may have to ask... Um, as of last weekend, they were found in the Gag Factory back in Toontown, uh, Gone Hollywood in California Adventure, and also at um, Humphreys in California Adventure. So um, I'm sure they will be, like I said, widespread soon. Again, cost is eleven ninety nine, and of course you can get your annual pass holder discount. Um, Nancy. Oh, man, you had to do me okay. now. Sorry, Mary. Skip Mar- me because I have to get one more de- one more detail. Okay, Major. Okay, I'm muting. It's in your stroller, Nancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Mar- bet. <laughs> okay, so you guys always hear me. You should talk see the about- look I'm giving you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Major. So you guys always hear me talk about the Bob Gurr tours that that occur every third Sunday. Well, there's this another event that's going to be happening. This one's not until September. So it's Saturday, September 23rd, and it's at the Garner Holt Production Facility in San Bernardino, which is a little bit, um, a little bit of travel time from Disneyland, maybe about 45 minutes, maybe. Um, but this is a really cool event. So this is, um, Bob, this is an event featuring Bob Gurr, and let me read what they have. Um, guests will have a chance to mingle and meet. Disney legend and Imagineer Bob Gurr and the Garner Holt Productions uh, founder and president Garner Holt. They'll be serving catered box lunch and they'll have a multimedia presentation about the history of animatronics from the earliest automatons to today's most sophisticated figures. Bob Gurr will be discussing his role in the design and implementation of some of Disneyland Park's major original attractions and how the design and production process has evolved over the decades. Garner will walk through the process of how the Garner Holt Productions works with their clients from around the world to create successful integration of animatronics and other elements into different attractions. 
um, guests will find this particular interesting is it will answer some questions about why theme park attractions take so long to design and build. Um, he'll also be sharing some favorite bits of Disney animatronic history with images from the um, Garner Hope production archives and some other artifacts that they have from their collection of historic animatronics. After the lunchtime presentation, guests will then be invited to a tour of the design and production facility. Wow. Um, they'll walk through the entire creative process from spark to spectacular art, sculpture, engineering, animation, rapid prototyping, engineering, hmm. costuming, media production, programming, and more. The process of creating the world's greatest animatronics is a complex one with multiple steps along the way. Guests um, says we'll be blown away. but I, And I imagine so, just because I haven't seen a, uh, a presentation like what they're talking about right here. Um, they'll be, we'll be blown away by the amount of work it takes to create even the simplest figures, let alone hugely detailed projects like the giant fire-breathing dragons or compliant human figures. Everything um, that they make is unique, a prototype in many ways, no matter how many thousands of animatronic figures they've created over the years. Um, and they're showing a picture of, um, you know how they've added Sally to the Haunted Mansion Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. So there's a picture of her um, there. So I'm wondering if they created Yeah, I'm wondering that. what, what Garner Holt's done for Disney. I mean, we know he's they've done they've a done lot. They've done a of lot. Okay, because they, they, they're vocal or they're more open about stuff they've done for Knots recently with the... With the mine train and the the log ride, but I don't, yeah, I don't know what they've done for Disney, so it'd be kind of interesting so to see. Yeah, he founded he founded his company when he was 16 years old in 1977, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So he's created um, almost 500, excuse me, 5,000 individual animatronics and hundreds of other items for Disney, like we just said. Also, Universal Studios, Chuck E. Cheese restaurants. Mm -hmm. So we could blame him for those. That was a low point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola, Mattel. He, he had, they had braces to pay for or something. Yeah. NASA. Um, <coughs> hey, I won't blur his, but Lockheed Martin <clears throat> and hundreds of other clients. Walt and Disney then, Family Museum. They, oh. He recreated the Barker Bird from Disneyland. And it's on display at the Walt Disney Family Museum. See, this this looks like such an interesting event. Um, a little bit about Bob Gurr, though a lot of us already <clears throat> know these things, but um, iconic Imagineer and Disney legend Bob Gurr is one of two remaining original Imagineers who was hired by and worked under Walt Disney himself. Bob was recently featured in the PBS documentary American Experience Walt Disney. His most famous work was for the Walt Disney's Disneyland Park and its subsequent sister parks. Bob is said to have designed most, if not all, of the ride vehicles of the Disneyland attractions, including Atopia, or as... Tom and I heard a cast member say Autotopia. <laughs> um, you knew I was going to say that. Mm -hmm. um, Haunted Mansion, the, the Haunted Mansion Doom Buggy. See, I told somebody that the other day. The Disneyland mm -hmm. Monorail, Submarine Voyage, and the Matterhorn Bobsled, and many more, including the fire engine truck, as he told us himself that he, that's his car um, that he got Walt Disney to agree to have. He also developed the first realistic humanoid animatronic, Mr. Lincoln, for great moments with Mr. Lincoln. He was named a Disney legend in 2004. He also worked on the King Kong Encounter animatronic for Universal Studios Hollywood, designed the spaceship for the opening ceremonies of the 1984 Olympic Games in L.A. He developed the animatronic dinosaurs for Steven Spielberg's Jurassic <clears throat> movies, 
designed effects for Michael Jackson's Victory Tour, as well as countless other projects, etc. So how much is this? This is $120. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. And and I'm I'm going to be going to it. I was waiting for tomorrow when our show goes on air, and I'm going to put it on my Facebook and ask who wants to go with me uh, to this event. And what is the but, date? I've already forgotten yeah, after all this. No. The date again is Saturday, September 23rd in um in San Bernardino the if you go to the if you just look up uh the Bob Gurr his Disney history history bus tour uh they have it on that main page but you can do www.walt excuse me www.waltland.com/imagineering-event but if you just do waltland.com i'm sure you'll be able to find it right. very cool uh, the event the event, the doors open at 11.30, uh, 12 is lunch, 12.15 is the lunchtime presentation, 1.30 is the question and answer session, and 2 p.m. is the production facility tour. So cool. I'd say like maybe half a day. Mm-hmm. And just really quickly, uh, lunch is <laughs> roasted turkey and avocado. Uh, anyway, sandwiches and salads. There you go. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, Michael. Well, you know how much I miss Aladdin, <laughs> the <laughs> stage musical from Disney California Adventure? Well, Dizzers in Northern California, you are in luck because Aladdin, the Broadway musical, is coming to San Francisco's Orpheum Theater. It is playing November 1st. 2017 to January 7th, 2018. Tickets are on sale. And um, check, like, if you are a Disney um, Visa card holder, I think even DVC members, there are some uh, discounts. Uh, So, um, Carol and I already have our tickets. So, um, check it out. Orpheum Theater is um, on Market Street in San Francisco. It is a beautiful old theater. So, um, check it out. And that's very exciting. Also, of course, the big Disney event of the year, which was our 20th anniversary Diz Mega Meet, is over. But there's a, a smaller event coming up in <laughs> D23 Expo that we have been talking about from July 14th to the 16th at the Anaheim Convention Center, just a short walk from Disneyland. And we've been talking about some of the highlights of the show and I uh, of the event. And I do have a few more to share with you. Excuse me. First of all, they have announced uh, the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts um, Pavilion. It's going to be a galaxy of stories. You might remember a while back at the one of the last expos, they had the whole model of Pandora World of Avatar to get us all excited. Well, they are going to have the model of the Star Wars um, expansion. Um, they're just calling them the Star Wars themed lands. And um, so we're going to be able to see what is, what are these lands going to look like. Of course, Mickey's of Glendale is going to be there as well. Um um, Disney Parks and Resorts Chairman Bob Chapek is going to be talking on Saturday, July 15th at 3 p.m. Um, about what is going to be happening. There's also going to be three unique panels. Pirates of the Caribbean, 50 Years of Swashbuckling Adventures in Disney Parks will be Friday, July 14th. They're going to talk about, of course, the classic pirates that started Disneyland all the way to the latest Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for the 
sunken treasure at Shanghai Disneyland. And Imagineers are going to share stories um, about all of the different pirate attractions from around the world. Um, uh, one that really sounds interesting, Inspiring Women of Imagineering, is Sunday, um, July 16th at 12.15 p.m. on Stage 28. So um, you'll get to meet some of the women of Walt Disney Imagineering, hear their um, personal stories and get an insider's look on the Imagineering's process. Um, th this is one that they, I think, has become a staple and, and is very popular. The Voices of Disney Parks is Sunday, July 2nd at 2.30 p.m. on Stage 28. So you hear some of the most recognizable voices um, across the Disney parks. And... Um, and it'll be not only voices from attractions, but also from favorite characters. So you'll get to see and hear them as they, they do their their little shtick. Are they going to um, bring out the guy that d did the voice for Rod Serling again? I don't know. I think oh, my gosh, I've met him. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I interviewed him early in my career for the Diz. <laughs> I've not heard... Um, well, let's just say I've yeah. not heard stellar yeah. stories about him. <laughs> um, anyway, people may have caught him on bad days. Uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Animation Studios have a whole lot that they are bringing, of course. They are... Um, they're going to have all kinds of things. They're going to have filmmakers, fan giveaways, artist demonstrations, autograph signings, interactive um, displays from some of their newest films and upcoming films like Cars 3, Coco, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. I didn't even know that was a thing. And Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. So um, you'll want to keep coming to their booth because, you know, we've learned before, it's every, they just keep giving different things out you know, over a period of time. Um, they're also going to John Lasseter, of course, on Friday, July 14th at 2.30 p.m. in Hall D23 will host um, the, the Pixar and Walt Disney Animation Studios, what films are upcoming. That is always a huge hit. And of course, just be warned, cell phones, cameras, and recording devices, um, you will have to check all of those for this presentation. And um, they're also going to have an interesting one, The Power of the Princess, Saturday, July 15th, 10.30 a.m. on stage 28. And this is going to feature, of course, it's not going to be like what we had, the private, no. you know, concert with Jody Benson. But she will be there along with um, the the voices of Mulan, Tiana, and Moana. I can't pronounce some of their names, so I'm not going to say <laughs> any of them. And uh, and all the and the act these are all the actresses that brought these characters to life, and they're going to share their stories. Um, on Saturday, July 15th at 12.15 p.m. on Stage 28, they're going to have Creating the Worlds in Pixar's Universe. So they're going to talk about um, the designers and production artists who've created all of the different settings and scenes and created our favorite characters and, and all that. They're going to be there to talk about all these amazing worlds that they've created in Pixar films. Saturday, July 15th at 2.30 p.m. on Stage 28, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. You'll get a sneak peek at the new um, Frozen short film. So um, anyway, I don't know anything about that. Saturday, July 15th at 6 p.m., stage 28, the evolution of Pixar's characters. So again, you're going to talk about, they're, they're going to have the 
artists there um, talk about how they've created their um, Pixar um, characters and their history. Uh, Sunday, July 16th at 11.30 a.m., the Walt Disney Archive stage celebrate Bambi's 75th anniversary. So um, you'll hear personal stories from the voice cast, anecdotes behind the making of this film, and its exquisite you know, hand-drawn artwork and much, much more. That'll be a really good one. Um, there's all kinds of stuff coming from Marvel. There'll be a lot of things going on on the floor about that. Um, there's going to be costumes from the upcoming film, Black Panther. So oh, you'll have you be, seen the trailer? Um, I have. It looks good. They're also going to have a lot of props. There's going to be a lot of giveaways. Look for all of that in Hall um, B. There's going to be a lot from um, Lego, Marvel Superheroes 2, and um, and all of that. So keep an eye out for that. Disney Channel's having all kinds of stuff. There's going to be a DuckTales Q&A session. The Scrooge McDuck's Money Bin is going to be on. I think we talked about that. Um Mandy Moore, Zachary Levi, Eden Espinosa, Jeremy Jordan will unravel the tales of Tangled the series. And, of course, what Nancy's daughters are waiting for, the special appearance by the stars of Descendants 2. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's all kinds of merchandise you want to look out for. There's, um, lo- there's going to be a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean 50th anniversary merchandise, Space Mountain's 40th anniversary merchandise, Epcot's 35th anniversary, Star Tours' 30th anniversary. Um, this interchangeable bow collection is going to make its debut at the Disney Dream Store. I can see Mary Jo really getting into that. Um mm-hmm. There's going to also be special merchandise for the D23 Expo and Disney Legends 30th Anniversary merchandise. There's going to be um, it's going to be an R5 D23 droid and breathe up the Ewok plush debuting at the Expo. And there's going to be like um, for the Legends 30th Anniversary, it's going to be commemorative tea, limited edition pin, and a paper rate. Um, there's going to be all kinds of artists there. We only care about, of course, Dave Evanzino. So all of that and more, <laughs> all of that and more awaits you at D23, and we will see you there. And if you want all of that information, you can head over to www.info.com slash D23, and that is all there for you. And I, I'm assuming that will also be the place to go for live updates from the expo um, mm-hmm. as, as things happen. All yeah. right. Are you ready, Nancy? I am. Right. A, so, a, a quick Universal update. With all of this excitement coming out of Disney, <laughs> Universal has taken this time to announce um, what's coming out of its new partnership with DreamWorks. Now, you know, we've we've always known they've had, like, the Shrek 4 experience. Well, they are, in 2018, going to be, I think, scrapping that. Yes. And... And making what they're going to call the DreamWorks Animation Theater. Now, this is going to be a whole immersive experience into the world of DreamWorks. They're going to have a lot of DreamWorks art from its animated features um, on display as you as you go through the queues for the attraction. Um, kind of think of it a little bit like um, a little bit like going through the old animation building at Walt Disney World. Or, you know, seeing all the stuff that used to be in our animation building before Anna and Elsa moved in and kind of kicked it all out. Um, Our animation building in... uh, in, um, 
California California Adventure. Adventure. So think of it like that. And then they're going to be installing a brand new um, experience based on Kung Fu Panda. So you're going to follow all the characters from Kung Fu Panda through a, um, a state of the art experience. It looks like, you know, a standard 40 plus kind of, kind of experience. Um, so obviously they're going to keep a little bit of the theater, um, as it stands, but maybe improve it. Um, but until this all opens, they're going to take advantage of this new ex- new relationship this summer by um, basically clearing out the Universal Plaza, the big centrally round-themed area, and they're going to have a daily dance party with all of your favorite DreamWorks characters. So Kung Fu Panda, Shrek, How to Train Your Dragon, Trolls, they're all going to be there dancing away. We're going to hear a lot of Justin Timberlake songs, I'm sure. Um, I think in the summertime, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, that will add a whole new dimension. Frankly, they'll add a whole new dimension for younger kids yeah. going to. Um, so I actually think that this is a very good and positive thing. Um, the one other cool piece that came out of this big announcement is going to be, um, you know, when they installed um, the Wizarding World, you know, we we thought, ooh, you know, with Hogwarts being under snow, you'd think that they would do something for Christmas last yeah. year or nothing. You know, in, in uh, Florida, they haven't done anything with theirs. So this year, we are getting the magic of Christmas in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So with this new light program that Mary Jo talked about, um, the evening nighttime lights of, of the Wizarding World um, that has just started, um, that's having its previews and stuff this month for um, annual pass holders like Mary Jo talked about, um, they are going to be doing a special holiday edition starting in November this year. Um, so awesome. So they're going to take that map projection technology um, that they're that Disney is so fond of using on its castles in Matterhorn and and everywhere, Small World and everywhere, and they're going to be applying it to Harry Potter um, using Christmas references, scenes from the movie, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, that's the first part. So obviously we're getting you know holiday decorations. Hogsmeade is going to be all decorated up for the season. Um, but they're going to be adding holiday foods in. So the Three Broomsticks is going to be host to what appears to be, from the, the video that was there um, on their website, um, it appears to be that they're going to add like a full tur- roast turkey and gravy, it, turkey dinner with yams and gravy and cranberries and all that good stuff. And then it looks like they're also adding a beef wellington. I love anything Wellington. Um, so, and they also look like they have a new side dish, which is going to be like Brussels sprouts and mushrooms, all kind of sauteed up together. <laughs> two two and of then my they most said, favorite things, not. And and then they said um, that they're going to be adding <coughs> and even desserts that were mentioned in the books, hmm. and the dessert they they showed an image of had this amazing looking thing um, 
fresh strawberries and clouds of whipped cream and it looked like there was some stuff under there like maybe it was a strawberry fool if anybody doesn't know what a fool is it's kind of like you take fruit and you mix it up with whipped cream and then you put more whipped cream on top and more fresh fruit and and all that good stuff or maybe even a trifle or something way Um, way better than brussels sprouts and mushrooms it it looked pretty um pretty airy holiday like and decadent right. and calorie laden. Cool. But they said they'll things from the the books. So if you're a fan of the Harry Potter cookbooks, you know where you you know they can break down the recipe. You know some interpretations of recipes um, that are available on Amazon. Um, anyway, that's gonna be for you. So cool. food, holiday foods, holiday magic. In Hogwarts. And so Universal looks like it's going to try and give some run for money. Excellent. Thank you, Nancy. Tony. Well, I'm willing to concede the time based on the filibusters we've had. If you would like to the president, Tom, I will concede my time and use my rapid fire when we reconvene on the 18th, if you would like, or I can continue. Thank you, Mr. Comey. Uh, No, go ahead. Okay. Well, then in that case, are you ready to get rocked? (laughs) Are you? Well, Africa rocks this summer in 2017 at the San Diego Zoo. I've never seen marketing like this. They're doing a whole rock and roll theme. They have six new habitats. And because of time, I won't go into it. But you need to look at the website because they have these cool posters that look like psychedelic 60s concerts. Um, But the venues that they have, they're calling them venues, get it, because Africa rocks, are... African penguin, the home really Madagascar forest with the cockerel safaka. Be careful how I say <laughs> what that. What is that? I don't know. You're going to have to find out. Uh, well, it's your baboon, the Ethiopian. No, well, they're I know they're serving it is baboons. No, they're serving. No, no, they're you're, there's new habitats. You get to go oh. see these animals. <laughs> um, they're rocking. West African dwarf crocodile, the leopard, and the meerkat. So apparently these are brand new habitats. Six is a lot. At um, a new exhibit from Savannah to Sea, San Diego Zoo's Conrad Priebus Africa Rocks spotlights the amazing biodiversity found on the African continent with unusual and striking animals ready for their rise to fame. Our lineup of animals will have you starstruck. Ooh. And they're having contests where you can find out which one of the animals you were. And I was clicking on all the questions like a Facebook quiz. Then at the end, it needed my email. So I didn't find out. <laughs> uh, but because um, I wasn't going to give them my email. So, um, yeah. So six new habitats to see at the San Diego Zoo starting cool. July 1st. Excellent. Thank you, Tony. All right. For those of you listening live, be sure to stick around for our thoughts about Walt Disney World. That's going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.